When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. It is officially the offseason for Michigan football, and rumors of Jim Harbaugh returning to the NFL are swirling once again. Plus, Michigan loses an assistant coach to USC, while three players have entered the transfer portal. We discuss on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Aaron, happy hump day to you. I know we had such a, a good vibe going with the two-man pod in Florida, and then, you know, Andrew comes back on, on Monday, and this completely disrupts the flow, so we put him back on the bench today, and it's just you and I. Obviously kidding. We Andrew's the, the glue to our, this podcast, just happens to be traveling back from, from Rutgers today after the Wolverines lost another game in disappointing fashion. Not going to talk much hoops today, though. Let's get right into it. How much stock are you putting in these Jim Harbaugh rumors? Oh, you're coming in hot and fast, huh? Yeah, let's uh, let's dive in, baby. Yeah, I mean, that's what everyone's talking about right now, right? If Jim Harbaugh is actually going to leave Michigan, if he's going to stay, I guess we'll back up for a second and put everything into context here. A uh, report Tuesday came out from The Athletic. Uh, Bruce Feldman, one of the you know well-respected college football reporters in the country, you know, he was reporting that he's hearing rumblings both from the NFL and Michigan side. And that's important because a lot of times, a lot of these rumors and stuff come from the NFL side, but he's hearing from both sides that Jim Harbaugh is seriously kind of considering or relooking at the NFL or open to a return. So that's kind of where things stand at this point. It's interesting report. It was a interestingly timed report, given the fact that, you know, Jim is set to sit down with uh, athletic director award manual here the next week or two to kind of discuss the future. And I would presume a either restructured contract or some type of pay raise or something. But to answer your question, you know, I think there's legitimate stock. You know, I wrote today in MLive.com why we should not dismiss this report because I think right now the natural tendency or inclination for the Michigan fan base is to poo poo this and say, well, this happens every year. He never leaves. I'm not going to pay attention to this thing. But the fact that Bruce Feldman is reporting it, he's one of the, I think, I, I consider him one of the more respected college football reporters in the country. I think there's some smoke here. Now, does that necessarily mean he's going to leave? No, but there's certainly, it's certainly, I think, something worth worth paying attention to right now. What, what I'm envisioning is like Jim Harbaugh getting back from the Orange Bowl and just taking sitting down at the couch and just reflecting on the game and be like, man, before the game, I said I was going to work for free. How do I get my stock back up? He's like, all right, hey, Bruce, uh, 
talking to some NFL teams here who want the inside scoop, but I, I do think this year is a little bit different because Harbaugh accomplished things this year that he had, hadn't done in the past and took a team that many people didn't expect much from this year and turned them into a, a national title contender. They beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten championship game by like 39 points. And Harbaugh, Harbaugh has had success at the NFL level. I mean, people forget he was 44-19 and 19 in four seasons in three consecutive NCAA championship games. I mean, not too many coaches in the NFL right now can, can say that. So, But again, he, you go back and look what he has built at Michigan and, and what could be coming back next year. We'll get into who just left here later on in the pod, but a staff that, that's young and energetic. So the situation at Michigan is a pretty good rosy, seems like a rosy spot right now too. So it'll be interesting to follow here moving forward. I wrote this yesterday and today and, and listeners can take they can disagree with me. That's fine. But I, I made the argument that this could be Jim Harbaugh could be at his like peak form right now in terms of his stock as a, as a college coach. You can maybe make the case maybe his after his first year at Michigan, his stock was never higher. But Jim's stock right now as a head coach, whether it's the college level or the, the NFL level, is inc- incredibly high. I mean, not only has he showed that he can rebound from a bad year, but he was able to overhaul his coaching staff, re-implement some different changes on on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, rally a team together to not only, you know, have a good year, but as you said, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten Championship, get to the playoff. And I have to think there are some NFL owners and GMs and the like around, around looking at this and saying, hmm, maybe we should take a second look at Jim Harbaugh because here's the reality. Jim Harbaugh's stock had taken a dive the last couple of years. I think there were reports this time last year that, you know, the NFL might have been interested in Jim Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh might have been interested in the NFL, but there really wasn't that reciprocation. We didn't get those reports much last year that, hey, X team is is off is offered or reached out to Jim Harbaugh. Now, maybe it happened. We don't know concretely, but it, it's safe to say after last year's meltdown and the way things went, there weren't a lot of folks high on Jim Harbaugh. And that was, rel- I think, reflected in the contract extension he signed that included the, you know, the, the pay decrease. So Jim Harbaugh has, I, I think, is in a best case scenario right now for him, not only in, you know, from Michigan's perspective, because we all assume he's going to get a pay raise at some point. Cause it's important to remember, you know, we all talk about the pay cut he took. He was near like, he was like 12th in the big 10 in head coaching salaries. He was down there with like Greg Schiano. Like that, that's wild to think about when, when he first got to Michigan, he was one of the, you know, three highest paid coaches in the country. So I, I think Jim more than earned his payback for the year that they, they they did this year, I don't necessarily think that means he has to make the $10 million or $9.5 million that, you know, that Mel Tucker or James Franklin are getting. But I, I do think for, for Jim's perspective, I think there's a desire to be respected. And I think for him, that means it gets close. It, you need to get closer to that number or maybe the number he was making before he took the pay cut. Because Jim has made a point of saying this publicly, and he did it last week in the lead up to the Orange Bowl, that the money isn't everything to him. And I, I generally think that's true, but I do think there's a level of disrespect there. And right now, given Jim's pay at like around $4 million a year and where he sits at, you know, with his peers, given the, what they produce on the field this year, that, there's, there's a level of disrespect there. Exactly. And that just kind of shows just how crazy these contracts are in college football right now. I mean, Harbaugh deserves to be paid as much as Mel Tucker and and James Franklin. What has James Franklin done recently? I mean, (laughs) uh, so like, yeah, if if you're Jim Harbaugh, I mean, why not ask for for $10 million a year? Because 
there's schools out there that are giving it to it and Michigan has more resources or just as many resources as the programs are handing out these massive deals. Here's the thing with that though. I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going, walking in his meeting with Ward Manuel and saying, Hey, I want $10 million no, I a get year. It. Oh, yeah. No, I, sure. I think I think he's going to go in there and say, and they're going to talk about the season. And I, I think I think there's internal expectation from him to, of Ward of reaching out and saying, "Hey, we appreciate the job you have done. We appreciate the the financial hit you took last year. And hey, here's X number of millions of dollars a year. Like this is what we're going to give you." I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to put up much of a fight from a financial perspective. I think he just wants to be shown that they appreciate him and care about him and respect him. And I don't even think he needs to hit that $10 million a year mark. I think if you get somewhere close to that, whether it's eight or nine, I think he'd be happy. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's get into the, the some of the NFL rumors right now. It sounds like Las Vegas and Chicago are seeming are, are look like the most likely destinations. And when you look at each team's outlook, I mean, Vegas can make the playoffs this year. I think they're nine and seven right now. Uh, they could, could possibly get in to the playoffs with the win and I think some help. But yeah, right now they're playing under an interim interim head coach after uh, John Gruden was was let go in midseason. Then you got the Chicago Bears who aren't very good this year, but they appears to have a, a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. Always have a pretty good defense. Obviously, they have, need a lot of work on the offensive line, but they got some other uh, young intriguing weapons on offense. So, I mean, Harbaugh started his coaching career with the Raiders. And then you look at uh, Chicago, he played for Chicago. So there's some familiarity there if he does choose to go that route. Yeah. If Jim goes to the NFL, and I've always said this, it's going to be a situation where he is comfortable and knows the ownership and had, there's this clear communication line of, you know, where things stand, because I think, I certainly think his tenure in San Francisco soured him a bit on, on things. You know, he didn't leave on the best of foots there. And when he came to Michigan, it was, it was very much the opposite. They wanted him. He wanted to be there. There's this mutual kind of admiration from both sides. And I think for him to make that jump again to the NFL, if he were to make it one day, it would be in that situation. The Raiders are a perfect example. He he often talks fondly about Al Davis, the late former Raiders owner. He has great respect for the Davis family there. So it would make sense, certainly, for him to go to Las Vegas. He has fond memories of Las Vegas. I believe that's where he met his wife. So it certainly wouldn't shock me if you were to do that. And then you mentioned the Bears, perfect example, an organization that drafted him. He played for early in his tenure in, in the NFL, and they are certainly not playing well, but they, they're, they're gearing up for, I think, a, a run at some point. Look, the Bears situation has come up in the past with the NFL rumors and Jim, so like that's not, I guess, the shocker. But given the situation right now and Jim's leverage and the, the NFL possibly being an option for him, if he were to make the jump – those two situations make the most sense. It certainly, I think, would be a, a good landing spot for him. I haven't seen seen this out there at all anywhere, but wouldn't it be something if if the Jaguars come calling and be like, "Look, you can you can come in, replace Urban Meyer, and kind of like show like show him up a little bit. Hey, this is how you you turn around a franchise." Obviously, Jacksonville has kind of been a dumpster fire in, in recent years, but they, they do have Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. Have a zillion early round draft picks moving forward. We'll have probably the top pick this year. I don't know if if Jacksonville is where he wants to coach, but that I just find that would be completely fascinating if, if he ends up <laughs> taking over for for Urban Meyer in, in Florida. I have a hard time seeing him do that because that's a you know you've got a that's a long way to go there. Like that's a huge, massive like cleanup job there, and right. I think Chicago is to some degree. 
but you've certainly got pieces in place there that I think they feel comfortable about. And there's some obviously issues with the coaching staff there. Whereas I think Vegas makes the most sense. I mean, it's, it's, they're ready to win right away. Yes. They've had their off the field issues with personnel and players and coaches, but I, I think if we were to insert Jim right there in the Raiders organization, I, I certainly think they could win right away. And I think that would be the situation he would be looking for. You also have to understand a couple of things too, to make that leap to the NFL. It, it, it also goes with the understanding that Jim Harbaugh is being hired to be fired. I mean, how many times have you seen a NFL coach get hired and then only you know turn around and, and get fired in the next two to three years because they weren't winning enough, whatever the case may be. It was a very similar situation for him there in San Francisco. They were winning ultimately at the almost highest level getting the NFC championship game, got to a Super Bowl, but they're ultimately never able to get there. And I think that was one of the one of the reasons why, you know, that things didn't work out there and he ended up leaving. So the situation from going from the NFL to Michigan and going from Michigan back to the NFL, I think are different circumstances. And for someone who craves coaching and someone who loves to coach and wants to coach, I think for the rest of his life, and I generally believe that, I don't know how much of a, how much sense it would make to to, to go to the NFL knowing your sh- your shelf life could be three or four years. Now that's not to say a shelf life could be much longer at Michigan, especially if they, you know, have some disappointing seasons uh, in the next couple of years. But I think Jim's situation right now in Ann Arbor is much more desirable than I think any, any NFL organization. I agree. I mean, with, with how Michigan's schedule is next year and, and the pieces they could be bringing them back. I mean, you got to like their, their outlook. So let's just go hypothetical here. If Jim Harbaugh does decide to leave, who do you think would be some of the top candidates to replace him? That's a good question. You know, and I think everyone wants to look externally, but when, when I first saw the report Tuesday, my, my first immediate thoughts kind of went internal, you know, Josh Gaddis is someone whose name has come up for coaching jobs here this off season. He was considered a finalist for the Virginia job. He won the Broyles award, you know, for his top assistant. So I think, and I think there's a desire there eventually to become a head coach. And then another name on the staff who I think is eventually being prepped to be head coach one day, maybe not ready at the moment. Um, but if you threw him in there, I, I don't necessarily think he would do a poor job is, is Mike Hart. I mean, he's, he's coached at the college level, you know, for several years now, he's been an associate head coach, in Indiana. I think he knows what it takes to win. And obviously he has the connections to Michigan and the likes. So I think he wouldn't, I don't think the fans would necessarily disagree with that one. So I think you've got internal options right there. Some external options, um, you know, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg throughout last night, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, Alabama, don't see that being a major fit. I guess it's a possibility. He has a big name. He comes from a you know a legit institution. He has the NFL coaching pedigree. I don't know. And then obviously there's the obvious names I think come up every year with the situation, whether it's a Matt Campbell or PJ Fleck. Although I, I don't I don't think the Michigan administration would go for him. But there and that's the thing too. There aren't really a ton of hot candidates out there. Maybe go for the Baylor coach. But like. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I think Michigan's going to do everything that they can to keep Jim Harbaugh. I don't think they want him to leave. I don't think they're prepared for him to leave either, especially after the way things have gone this year. But you know, I, I you know, it wouldn't shock me if they would turn it internally for uh, at least you know the immediate to uh, to settle it. One kind of surprising name I saw out there from from ESPN's Adam Rittenberg was Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. I kind of forgot he was back in the, in the college ranks a little bit too, but I don't think any Michigan ties there. But obviously, he has, he has head coaching ties in the NFL, been around the game a, a long time. So we'll we'll wait and see what 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 transpires here. Obviously, it could be a huge news either way. What on whatever Jim decides whether it's a contract extension or, or bolting for, for the NFL. But one of his staff members is uh, 
is headed elsewhere, it looks like. And, and you just wrote about this breaking news here today. Tell us uh, what the latest is with, with Sean Nua. Yeah, Michigan's defensive line coach, Sean Nua, is uh, reportedly heading to uh, the University of Southern California to join Lincoln Riley's coaching staff. It sounds like a similar role, defensive line coach. Uh, a little bit of surprise, just given that it's this kind of a lateral move. But, you know, when you when you dive into it, I guess it, it does make sense. You know, Sean was essentially in charge of the interior tackles at Michigan. Didn't have much work with the outside, the outside edge rushers and outside linebackers. Did deal with them a little bit. Um, but he was kind of focused in, internally. Now, the group did improve. I, I guess the last couple of years have, have shown Michigan's gotten some great production on Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton. They've done a good job of bringing those guys along. But, you know, at the same time, you got to remember, Michigan has a, a all-new uh, coaching staff on defense. He was the only holdover from last year's coaching staff overhaul on that side of the ball. So when Mike McDonald brought on, was brought on, you know, with all new staff except for new, I was kind of surprised he stayed then. In fact, Jim Harbaugh gave him a two-year contract extension. Still to your left, it sounds like I'm expecting USC will probably have to pay some sort of buyout to get new over there. But, you know, it is a blow. It, it's a guy who's been on the staff now for three years. He's been, He was obviously came on during Don Brown, middle of Don Brown's tenure, uh, was a holdover here in the last year. Uh, he was well-liked, you know, talking to recruits and their parents and even players now on the roster. You hear a lot of great things about Nua. You know, he's a, well, he's a personal guy, well-liked. He was, a, he was a hard coach, but he was also a, a respectful coach too. So, and if you look at the, you know, his background, it makes sense too. You know, he's a BYU graduate. You know, he's from American Samoa. His early days coaching at the college level have, have largely been on the West Coast, uh, Arizona State. In BYU, so like it makes sense that he goes back. He's going back there. He's got familiar ties. He's he's used to recruiting out that way. But it's going to leave a hole. Michigan's going to have to replace him. No word yet on early candidates. Some folks have thrown out Ryan Osborne, the defensive analyst who's been on the staff now the last couple of years. You know, there was a report earlier, I think back in December, that he was going to take a job at the University of UConn. But I have to think if Jim Harbaugh wants to uh, add him to the full time assist, you know, coaching staff, I have to think he's going to stay. Yeah, at your point there, and it's it's kind of funny. I feel like the the fan base definitely warmed up to Nua this year. I know the previous two years he was one of the most criticized assistant coaches for for production in the interior, like you said, and recruiting too. It seems like he he, he missed the uh, Michigan missed out on a lot of interior defensive linemen until they waited till late in the last cycle to get Rayshon Benny and George Rooks, and then this year brought in brought in a couple nice pieces on the defensive line too. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. And already a few uh, transfers that are departing, it seems like. Who are the three guys that are, are are in the portal now and possibly going elsewhere? Yeah, we're waiting on this. It seems like this this time of the year after Michigan, or at, I guess in college football in general, after teams finish their bowl games, that's when the players tend to decide to leave. And so far, Michigan's had three so far this week say that they're entering the transfer portal. You know, one is linebacker Anthony Solomon. And played a ton. He's gotten some games, but didn't get a lot of work. Uh, another was defensive back, Darian Green-Warren, a former four-star recruit. Again, didn't play a ton, redshirted. And then today, Wednesday, uh, we hear of another one, a third name, a defensive back, George Johnson. Again, another guy who hadn't played much. He was a junior from Florida, recruited as a – he had an interesting recruitment because he was a quarterback in high school, brought on as a wide receiver. He was brought on to Michigan, moved to wide receiver, and then – you know, in the days leading up to the Citrus Bowl in uh, 2019 or 2020, I guess, that game, you know, he was moved to defensive back. Again, another guy that hadn't played much, and he's on the way out. You know, I think that's going to be a pattern here, not only this year, but years to come, especially with the transfer portal becoming such a big thing. Guys who either aren't playing a ton, out lose, you know, out of favor with the coaching staff, they're going to depart. 
And I think that's certainly the case with these three guys. I would expect a few more in the next couple of weeks. We had a bunch last year. I think obviously we was brought on by the change in coaching staff, but you could probably go down the roster right now and look at some of those upper upperclassmen that haven't played a bunch, expect them to you know at least consider uh, hitting the portal. Yeah, very much so. And the one that that's intriguing to me is Darian Green Warren. I mean, I remember covering his recruitment. I was in San Antonio when he was at the All American Bowl a couple of years ago, and he actually announced at the bowl that he was he was picked in Michigan. I mean, this is a guy, a former top two hundred recruit, a lot of talent there, and just and we just never really heard and his name much at all throughout his two years while he was at Michigan. So yeah, definitely seemed like the writing was on the wall there. And with Michigan bringing in a couple intriguing freshman cornerbacks too, and also possibly bringing back Turner, Jermon Green and Vincent Gray. Wait, is Vincent Gray? Is he, he has another year of eligibility, right? Yeah. He can come back. Yeah. yeah I believe the back. plan is for him to come back. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's, that doesn't seem like there's a uh, much room for opportunity for, for some of these younger corners there. And so. speaking of the transfer portal, as we're recording this right now, we have another one that just hit the portal another defensive oh, back, Andre Selden, uh, yeah. another <laughs> local kid out of Belleville. I expect him to come, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an early and often thing. I think the co- the players are meeting with the coaches this week to kind of finalize plans and, and, you know, for the future and everything else. And you're going to start hearing more of these names as the days go on. Yeah. Selden was another one, a part of that 2020 class, a four-star guy. I mean, I remember a lot covering a few games of his at, at Belleville and he was electric out there, but again, only Five eight, really undersized, and in the Big Ten, it's tough to cover guys. Some of these receivers in the Big Ten, so I, I thought we would, would maybe see him in punt return or special teams at some point throughout his two years at Michigan. Never really did, and yes, he is. Uh, he is like you said, he's also departing. He was number one sixty one in the twenty twenty class, so two top two hundred guys defensive backs in that 2020 class that Michigan is losing. Pac-Man Jones was a big fan. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good story, but you good scoop there. I mean, I'm sure you you didn't go into the game expecting to interview Pac-Man Jones, but uh, yeah, he was at the, he was at the other Under Armour All-Star All-American game in Orlando that, that 2019 or 2020. So a lot going on here with Michigan's football program less than a week after their bowl loss to Georgia. We'll hopefully get Andrew back in the pod. I know a lot of you guys probably listened for him. We'll be back here to talk some Michigan hoops soon. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys again shortly. Mm-hmm.